Welcome to Scum Beer and Villainy Shorts, just like the regular episode, but with lower calories. I'm Marcel Hopper, and I'm joined by Matt. Hi, Matt. Hi, Marcel. How are you? Good. It's good to hear your voice. It's good to be back in the studio. Thank you. Yes, it is good to hear your voice as well, too, for similar reasons. Similar reasons. So, uh, we haven't recorded a short in some time, and... um, Normally we use these for beer reviews, more extensive beer reviews. And um, so yeah, we've had a request to review this beer, which we're going to be doing on the show today. And uh, we both have it in front of us. It's an impressively large bottle, which I always enjoy. Yeah, yeah, despite what it seems about me, I actually am quite greedy when it comes to beer. Hell yeah. Big bottles. I know. I still hold a... I still hold a candle for the, you know, Club 440 for life, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> but s- taping a giant bottle to your hand. And, yeah. You know, you got, you got to finish it. But this is even larger than 440. I think this is a 660, if I'm not mistaken. This is basically like a, like a court. It's I a mean, court. It's like, yeah. it's reaching court status, yeah. It's a court, by any other name. We'll smell yeah. a sweet. So, so, so tell us, tell us about how this came. What's the provenance of this beer? Marcel? So this is a brewery which was in hiatus for quite some time, um, and it is from the Kegaus Microbrewery, um, and it's a brewery we know for many, many years now, um, run by Vince, who is a known person in the craft beer community, and um, so this is one he's produced recently. It's a limited edition. Um, so you've got to order it specifically from the brewery or you can buy it at selected liquor stores in South Africa. Um, so, yeah, it's it's nice to see them getting out of Ahetis and they've moved. They used to be in Joburg. Now they've moved to the Lowfelt, which is a region in South Africa for our international listeners, uh, near a little town called Bobbiton, I think. Um, you, but you, you've got a history with this beer, don't you, Marcel? Well, I do. You know, I mean, I've, I've been involved with a brewery on some level or another. Um, used to be a contract brewery as well, which I uh, brewed my own label through, um, Hate City. So I do have a connection there. So I, I guess I, that is full disclosure. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, conflict of interest. But I, I would say that we're always, you know, ruthless in our reviews anyway. So that shouldn't hold oh, us of back. Yes, and, of course, um, despite the massive amounts of money Vince has pumped into our bank accounts. Yeah, you know, despite that. And uh, and actually, Vince did ask me for a review of this beer. Uh, so this is actually our first requested review. And um, although we generally do not allow breweries to request reviews from us, I made an exception since this is a very limited edition. There are no other production beers out from this brewery at, at, at time of recording. And I still bought it with my very own money. So I still f- and, and also it, it's Vince. It's Vince. Come on, man. It's you, yeah. We can we can do things. We can do things like this. We don't have to be like Switzerland. No, you know, and he's like- he's a he's a big boy. You can take any bad review we throw his way <laughs> if it <laughs> comes to that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if 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 this kills one of us, then you know I'm definitely not going to rate this a nine. Yes, and whoever yeah. listens to this podcast, you know who to blame. <laughs> 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 Alert the authorities appropriately. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. All right, well, let's have a look at this beer, bud. So, in our normal procedure, we are not even going to open it yet. We are going to go before the pour to rate this beer's uh, imaging, branding. As you know, dear listener, that Matt and I are highly opinionated when it comes to design of labels and such. Exceptionally. So, what do you think, Matt? Over to you. What's your first impression of the label? 
I actually really like it. Mm. So, I mean, look, I mean, you've got microbrewery standard printing and stuff like that, but you kind of look past it because that's exactly what it is. It's a microbrewery. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't expect it to be, you know, 7,000 DPI on a Lytha print or something like that. It's a... Mm. It's nice. I like the fact that it's relatively clean. Yes. I like the fact there's lots of space in the label. I mean, that's obviously a function of the fact that this is such a fucking big bottle. Yeah. Um, so you've got a big label on there. Nice bottle, um, nice shape. Uh, yeah, I like the I like the design. There's mm. like a, a, a robot or a, a valve part of the brewing process yeah. with a potato. Maybe we should tell them this is it. what this beer is called, but... Oh, sh- oh shit. <laughs> Aren't we so supposed this- to be professionals at this? <laughs> Don't worry, we're we're professionals. This yeah, Vince is regretting this already. Yeah, he's he's busy like you know drinking some really <laughs> hard cider right now to get over. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we are reviewing, dear listeners and loyal followers, Shit. the Jolly Pumpkin uh, Signature Barrel Edition. So that's a, a pumpkin ale, and for you BJCP nuts out there, that would fall under the special um, vegetable beers as its official designation, but it's also uh, important to know what the base beer style is, and this one's base beer style is the American Brown Ale. Uh, aged in oak and rum. Mm. I, like, I, like the, I like the feeling of that. That's, that makes me quite happy. Yep. Um, but yeah, the design overall is very, very nice. It's clean. It's, um, I like the illustrations. I love the fact that he's handwritten the batch number and signed it with his name. That is very I, nice. I, Good touch. I think that's super, super, super cool. You know, that's a very, that's a very nice touch. Um, yeah, I, I, I very much like the design. Um, besides one aspect, which I've got no doubt you will touch on now. <laughs> design or construction? Construction. Yes. No, I, I, I follow you on that one. I like the color. I like the color of the label. The illustration's nice. It sort of is reminiscent of a kind of a Dr. Seussy uh, style of, of cartoony. Um which I like. I mean, it, it immediately made me think of Dr. Seuss uh, illustrations, which I've always have been very fond of. Um, because there is, there's a bit of a, a sort of a surreal, slightly rough around the edges quality to the illustration, which is cool. Um, good information. I mean, you know, it, it gives you the basic, basic ingredients, but there's a bit of a blurb on, on what it is, um, yeah. what the base beer style is, what are some of the additional spice ingredients, which include... Uh, Nutmeg, cinnamon, and allspice, and as, as of course roasted butternut, which is what you would expect—either squash or pumpkin in a pumpkin ale. Yeah. As well as a, f- a suggested food pairing. So th- those are all good. Ticks the boxes of some of the label requirements you and I have often debated and talked about. Exactly. Exactly. And and enough info to keep you interested, um, while still being clean mm. uh, and and informative. You know. Exactly, and I mean, this is one of the key principles which a lot of craft brewers don't get right, is you know, they forget that your your bottled beers are walking and talking billboards for your brand. Mm. Um, and if you have no information on there, you've got an empty billboard, so, you know, not great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like it. I, I'm, I'm very happy with the design. Mm. Right. So before the pour, I think, ticks the boxes. There is one unfortunate element to this whole thing, and that is... Our favorite enemy, uh, which is the wax seal top. Mm. Um, not fond of that. Look, it lo- no, it looks very special. It really does. But mm. good grief, is it completely impractical? It is. It, it just makes it difficult um, to open. And there's always a non-zero chance of you getting little bits of wax inside the beer, which is not pleasant. 
Look, I think the, the best alternative is either, I mean, I quite like the foil wrapping, you know, and, and I suspect you could probably do those for reasonably, uh, you know, well-priced kind of methods. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's also, I was going to say, there's a non-zero chance of you stabbing yourself with your bottle opener. <laughs> yeah. As you know, try and get this Inflicting open, injury you know? upon yourself. Yeah, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm working hard on it right now, and, and it's... This is almost a fatal well, <laughs> danger. Well, I, I found a, a way of doing it non-fatally. So the best way to do it is just take your normal bottle open and just like sort of twist it around several times with, you know, with some force applied and eventually it will grab hold of the, uh, yeah. the cap. And then you don't need to knife yourself. All right. Well, let's see if that has helped. There you go. All right. Okay. I mean, we know that you're no stranger to knife wounds. Uh, no, uh, no. Given no, that you no. used to be, you know... Uh, the guess of the state. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've both started and been a member of a number of gangs. Exactly. You know, um, the, the no, shiv. No, no, yeah. yeah. You know, the, no, the complete guide to shiv making is, in fact, one of your you know most lauded uh, publications, I, I believe. I, I must say that um, of, of the wax bottles we've opened, that wasn't the most horrendous. No, no. It, it, the wax isn't sort of five inches thick. So you can, in yeah. fact, uh, open it a little bit uh, easier. So, hey, you know, so as wax bottles go, I guess we could say this one is yeah. least problematic. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so let's right, pour cool. this puppy. Cool. It's, let's fully the shit out of this. And given that it's a 660, I'm not going to be drinking all of this. Otherwise, I'll be on my ear. Yeah, um, I'm saving it's some 6. for later. Six point five percent alcohol. Yeah, so that's where you you know those little champagne stoppers come in handy if you have them. Okay, so in the glass, Matt, what's your first impression? Um, it's nice. I must say, it's quite intriguing. It's it's very dark. It's very mm. opaque. Um, mm. it's got kind of like a chestnut. Um, yeah. Uh, color to it. Um. I can see quite a bit of carbonation as well inside. Um, not much of a head. Yeah, head um, retention seems to be a little problematic, and I think that might be because of the use of spices as well as vegetable. All yeah. those things have oils in them, and oil is an enemy of, of head retention. Yeah, there's almost no lacing, uh, almost no head to speak of at all. Yeah, I think uh, there's lacing, but there's not much head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very good color, um, and it's it's got kind of that Christmassy feel to it. Mm. I mean, the aroma immediately is very Christmassy. I mean, when I opened the beer and poured it, it, it got me into you can that smell sort it immediately. of yeah. cinnamon, spice, Christmas in a glass kind of uh, aromas. C- cinnamon, nutmeg, and, and pumpkin, which is pretty much exactly what it what it promised, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's definitely a spiciness to the the aroma for me. Not much malt. I mean, you get a little bit of background malt. Um, and obviously hops reasonably absent because this is not really a hop forward yeah. beer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually really like the smell. I mean, it, mm. it, it really does promise a, a very quite a robust, um, uh, you know, vegetable flavor. Yeah. And again, we spoke about this in other episodes that vegetable flavors are sometimes not seen as desirable in beers. So making a vegetable beer has that risk attached to it. So, I mean, pumpkin beers are probably the most common vegetable beers out there. Um, commercially produced and in fact there's some controversy around some of those because some pumpkin beers don't even have pumpkin in them they just use the spices to kind of analog your brain into thinking pumpkin spice you know christmas yeah and so on so I mean, that's 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 legitimate in in many ways you know mm. where if you can 
create the simulacrum of a feeling and a flavor through different means. Uh, you know, I, I do get that. Although it does, it does probably stretch, you know, credulity a little bit to call it a pumpkin beer if it has zero pumpkin in it. True, true. I mean, I guess from a brewing perspective, there's there's some debate around where the pumpkin adds anything to beer. I mean, other than just the base sugars you would get out of a roasted uh, vegetable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it does add some flavor. I think, the, you know, even the aroma we're picking up, we are actually picking up some, some pumpkin. There's here. definitely, there's definitely pumpkin, you know, can, can, and, and not just kind of like that roast mashed spiced pumpkin, but there's like those bright notes of, of, uh, you know, vegetable pumpkin. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Cool. All right. Let well, us like taste, taste some of this, this, please. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, That's the flavors are very similar to the aromas for me. Um, mm. Right away, I get a hit of the spice, the cinnamon. The spice, yeah. Um, yeah. A little bit of notes of, of even white pepper. And pepper and clove, mm. tasting a bit of clove. And the clove and so on would probably be as a result of the fermentation in the barrel. Um, when you age beer in barrels, you, you are going to introduce some uh, wild fermentation components. Uh, either uh, bread or um, lactobacillus sort of uh, often resident in these barrels. Mm. Um, so it's going to add a, a slightly wild ale, barnyard kind of flavor to it, um, almost always if you age in barrel, but not unpleasant. I, as you know, I'm a great fla- uh, fan of the barnyard. And there is a bit of that uh, here. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Marcel, tell me if I'm insane, but am I picking up a tiny little bit of that rum from the mm, from the definitely the barrel, there is a it's like a sugary a sugary aftertaste, yeah. which I I yeah, associate like, with like, rum, right? Like a like a caramelly mm. kind of aftertaste. It's actually Very much quite so. delicious. Very subtle. I mean, the the problem in in barrel aging sometimes in a in a liquor barrel, which has been used prior to you know your aging, is that it can overpower an ale. Yeah, but it's uh, but it's this there, one is but subtle. It's not, mm. You only pick it up kind of a bit later after a couple mm. of sips, you know. The, the first thing is those clovey, nutmeggy, cinnamon notes. Absolutely, yeah. And then later on, you kind of pick up. Uh, it's 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 a it is it's a caramel uh, bitterness, which is uh, which I quite love. Actually. Yeah, there's a slight bite to the bitterness, but it's not unpleasant. No, and no. Um, definitely rum flavors, but subtle. I mean, I think maybe a good choice in in kind of barrel here. Rum barrels might be better for me than bourbon barrels. So bourbon can sometimes be very overpowering in a beer. And I've tasted some bourbon-aged beers, which are kind of like sparkling bourbon, which isn't pleasant. Um, mm. But this is subtle. But, yeah. But it makes sense, because, I mean, rum is also much more of a Christmas flavor. You know, mm. it's more of a mm. that, that egg, eggnoggy True, isn't fruit it? dessert, you know. Yeah. And what I'm also getting is the, um, the brown ale base. So American brown ales are... Different from English brown ales, you may have had English brown ales in your time mm. in, in the UK. Yeah. And the most paradigm example of that would be your Newcastle brown ales. But Correct, the, yeah. the American brown ale style tends to be a little bit more complex in, in its grain bill, and it tends to be hoppier. Um, very nice style in and of itself, actually. Very sad that we don't see more of it here in South Africa, because it's a lovely style. Well suited I for Christmas. Yeah, I can definitely pick up that it is a bit hoppier than that. You know, the, those car scales, the brown car scales, do tend to be a bit more watery. Mm. Um, there isn't a lot of body to them a lot of the time. Mm, and very malt forward. 
Yeah, yes, absolutely. And and this isn't there isn't a lot of malt in this, yeah. but the, there is a bit of hops, and I quite like that balance. Mm. I'm getting some hops. I'm getting some grassy notes at the end um, in my aftertaste. So so I would assume that there's some bittering hops in here, maybe uh, kind of high alpha acid hops, uh, maybe South African um, or something like Columbus or or something like that. I'll, I'll definitely have to ask Vince to see how close I am to my guess, but it, there's definitely some high alpha acid hops here, which I'm picking up at the end, and, and some grassy notes, which suggests there's some late hopping going on as well, but not a lot. I mean, your brown ale is supposed to not really be a hop forward beer. The hops are just there to bounce out the whole thing. Mm. Um, so overall, I'm kind of enjoying this. I mean, this is very I, tasty. I wasn't sure I was going to enjoy this. I've got to tell you, I'm not normally into the kind of vegetable beers. Mm. Um, this is actually quite delicious. Very nice. Um, I, I I wish there was a little bit more uh, uh, head or a little bit more mm. texture to the beer. You know, the head is is maybe the one where I ding it a few points. Um, and as I said before, it's difficult to get head retention when you're using vegetable and spice. Um, you know, you you probably need to up your your sort of um, foam you know friendly malts to to try and counter that but it's difficult it's very very difficult that's why you don't often see nut beers for instance you don't often see hazelnut and almond beers because of the amount of oil in them yeah 100 percent. so there are ways of getting around that by using tinctures and so on but then you're kind of moving further and further away from the prime ingredient which a lot of craft brewers are not very fond of yeah um yeah also, so, I mean, yeah, it is a, it's a double-edged sword, you know, to try and get the mm. flavors in, you've got to use the thing that, you know, dilutes your your, your mouth feel a little bit. Exactly. And this is more than a little reminiscent of a, of a good Belgian double, I think. Yeah, there's definitely lots um, of that. Because you have the raisin, the, you know, those raisiny kind of stewed fruit flavors. Yeah, without making it sweet, without mm. making it cloying, you know. Yeah. No, this is a nice, friendly sipper. I um, mean, this is not a session beer. I wouldn't say, but I don't think it's intended to be. I, I can imagine this pairing very well with food. Oh, hell I yeah. can imagine this pairing very, very nicely with uh, with cheese mm. or or meat, you know, high-protein type. Yeah, smoked meats, meats uh, you know, that sort mm. of thing. Uh, a typical turkey roast, which you would have for Christmas, something like that. Also cut nicely through something very fatty as 100%. well, you know. And you can cook this with is, it, I think. No, you could, you nice. could, you could use this as a bit of a, a sauce base or something. I think, or in a pie. Mm, pie would be nice as a as a kind of Guinness base. You know, you use yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. This would make be a far better Guinness pie than freedom. Guinness. Than Guinness, absolutely. Mm. I, I'm, I must say, tasty, I'm very, tasty. very, very, very happily surprised. That's a very, very tasty beer. Yeah, and it's not that heavy. I mean, it is six point five ABV. So it's robust, but not you know knock mm. your knock mm. your socks off kind of heavy. No. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I think this is a lovely little beer. Um, good to review Jeez. it. Glad yeah. I got it. Well, well, well done, Vince. That's, well done. I mean, so have you tasted this this pumpkin beer before? I mean, he no, has made so, it before. Uh, he, he used to make a regular pumpkin beer. Um, but I think that one actually had a American Pale Ale base, if I'm not mistaken, which was also lovely. It was really at the time when it was a production beer. I think one, you know, I, I thought of it as the best pumpkin beer made locally um, when it was out. And so this is, right. there are touches of it in this beer, obviously, but the base is different. 
so it's it's more dark malts and so on in this one. And I think the rum that barrel aging suits it better. The rum barrel aging is a good idea. I think it adds a little bit of interest. It obviously you know integrates the flavors quite well. I don't know for how long this beer has been aged. Um, I suspect. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to guess. But, I mean, usually when you age a beer in, in a barrel, it's going to be for a while. Mm. And that will soften all the flavors, and it will introduce your your oaky, more vanilla-ish um, flavors, which wood generally imparts in all things. Um, but I think overall, an accomplished, well-made beer, very suitable for Christmas, obviously, but also just suitable for a good meal. Yeah, this this with food it would be phenomenal, really, really phenomenal. Yeah. You know, I can I really, really enjoy this. I think this um, is something I mean, you could you could bring out for people who may be a little bit jaded or a little bit, uh, you know, like they've had a few beers now and they they think they know yeah. a lot of different beers. This this will surprise them. I think this will be a different style they probably haven't ever had before. What's also nice is the size of the bottle is you can bring it to a table mm. for sharing around a meal. Yeah, two you of these and, and you up. should be fine. Exactly, you know, that, for a that makes a lot of sense. Uh, meal. Yeah, so man, I, 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 I'm very, very happy with this. It's very delicious. Yeah, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna score this. Okay, so what is your score here? What's your score out of ten? We've got a ten point scale. Where would you put this one? Um, shit. Um, you see, I'm, I'm torn between, you know, my, 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 my love for beer and food, and on the other hand, my natural misanthropic nature of wanting to hate everybody and everything. Oh yes, we would expect so, nothing less. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna give this a eight. I'm gonna give mm. this an eight. Mm. Well I'm for once absolutely there with you. I uh you know I'm notoriously more strict in our rating systems. Um but I'm yeah. gonna go for an eight too. I think this is very much a a, a very well constructed beer. It's something I could have again it is something yeah. which I would dust off for special occasions. So overall, very, very pleasant and very well made. Yeah. So I would go for an eight as well. So yeah, eight solid eight for us. And then the next question, of course, the more important question is, will yeah. it go to Mars? Yeah. I wouldn't mind having maybe a very special gift wrapped six pack of this beer for one for every Christmas. It'll take me to get to Mars on my incredibly slow commercial Mars journey yeah, well, you're definitely going to fly cattle class, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be put into deep sleep. You know? <laughs> They'll ivy that that sucker in. <laughs> yeah, they they won't let me play squash for the six months. <laughs> yeah, and no, I think so too. I mean, we don't really have a, a very good vegetable beer yet for our cargo hold, and certainly not too many Christmas beers. So I think this one definitely uh, it's going with. It makes sense. It makes sense. Good job, Vince. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of that brewery next. Yeah, yeah, very nicely done, Vince. That's a, that's a, a deft hand there. That's a subtle take on this. Beautiful. Yeah, good one. Thanks, everyone, and we will see you in the next short episode for another beer review, I'm sure. Later, everybody. Later, everybody.